Artlist.io. Good afternoon and welcome to the Right Fit Podcast, New Year's Eve edition, here with your host, Daryl Jacobs, ESPN College Basketball Analyst, and also Executive Director for Rising Coaches DEI Alliance. Join me every Friday at noon Eastern time with some great guests who are decision makers in both collegiate athletics and the world of sports. But joining me this afternoon is the Director of Athletics at the University of Wyoming, Tom Berman. Tom, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Daryl. It's a pleasure to be on here. Well, thank you for taking the time. And congratulations to your football team on the tremendous bowl win. Um, fantastic ball game. And I know it was an up and down season for you guys, but what a great way to cap it off with winning the Idaho Bowl. Potato bowl. I appreciate it. We played well in the, in your in, anytime you finish up on a high note, you take it and appreciate it and move forward and figure out how to get better. But we played pretty well against Kent State in the Potato Bowl, which was uh, we were just glad to have a chance to play one more game. Absolutely. And a lot of teams and lucky you guys got it in. Consider the state of COVID right now. A lot of teams are canceling their bowl appearances and some bowls are being canceled. So. Um, it's always a blessing when that can happen, particularly during these times. And once again, congratulations on a fantastic win in the Idaho Potato Bowl. But, Tom, before we get started with the Q&A, talk a little bit about your journey into collegiate athletics and why. Well, my journey starts way back in college. I was, um, like a lot of young people, I was a, a, a wannabe athlete. I uh, wanted to be a Division One athlete. I wasn't good enough. Uh actually came to the University of Wyoming, where I am now, uh, and walked on to the basketball program and quickly was told that I wasn't going to play. And there was really no reason for me to continue to pursue this dream, but they wanted me to be around the program in some form or fashion. So I, I stayed on uh, helping in any capacity I could. I ran summer camps, or I should say I worked, on, worked in their summer camps. I was involved in all kinds of facets of, of the basketball program. And then uh, went to graduate school at Robert Morris because I wanted to get an MBA, but I also wanted something tied to athletics. And at that point, they had an MBA with a sport management focus. Um, so I went to Robert Morris in Pittsburgh and uh, got involved in their athletics program. Um, and it was a small, very small athletic department. So I got my hand in a little bit of everything, but um, enjoyed it. And uh Thought that it might be a career opportunity for me, but I, I went a different route right after school, and I went and worked in the private sector for a sports marketing firm in Washington, D.C., a company called DWA, and really enjoyed it. Um, did that for three years, living in D.C., on the East Coast, but I grew up in the West, and I grew up in a college town, and I I missed that. So I started looking, how can I how can I make my way back to the college space. And I was able to land a job, my first job out of, out of grad school or out of giving up the private sector career was at the University of Idaho as a marketing director. And I did marketing and game promotions and sold advertising and did a little bit of everything for the Idaho Vandals for a few years. And then Wyoming offered me a job to come back here as the uh, kind of lead fundraiser uh, and that was in like 1996, I think, 95, 96. Did that for a few years and then became the athletics director at Portland State University in the fall of 2000 uh, and did that for six years in Portland, Oregon and uh, 
fun, great opportunity, great experience, a school that was a Division II powerhouse, trying to make the transition to Division One, competing in the big sky, very limited resources, uh, not a lot of tradition or history, but um, great group of people and uh, actually a pretty amazing place. Then I came, I was hired to be the athletics director at the University of Wyoming, and I started in 2007, and I've been here ever since. So that's a long tenure in the world of college athletics. Well, that's why we have you on the show, so you can speak to your journey in regards to some of the younger people that's aspiring to get into collegiate athletics, whether it's on the administrative side, even the coaching side, don't understand some of the dues that um, some of the administrators, some of the coaches have paid in terms of how they got to where they are at as well. It's, it's, it's a process, as they say, but sometimes they want the quick return to jump into a certain position. So, you know, I wanted you to share that. And uh, wow, what a magnificent journey it has been as well. Talk a little bit about what's the difference in the hiring process compared to when you came in as opposed to now. In the hiring process, do you say, Daryl? Yes. For an AD, for an AD, both both AD and a coach. That is correct. Okay. Well, let's let's start off an athletics director. Um, uh, You know, back in the day, it was more uh, twenty years ago. If you were hiring an AD and you were a president, um, you would have looked at uh, past coaches. You would have looked at some administrators within your program or administrators outside of your program, but um, it would have been like hiring a dean. It would have been a long process. There would have been a committee involved. It would have been probably a little more transparent than what happens today. Um, Today, the process moves much quicker. Um, Past coaches are really, I don't want to say they're not part part of the mix, but they're rarely part of the mix in today's world. You have to have you have to have some business acumen. You have to have, uh, I believe you. it's important to have some administrative experience and understanding things like personnel, Title IX, NCAA legislation, you know, not just understanding how Title IX or how NCAA r- rules impact your specific program, but how they impact the entire program and how they impact the institution. So rarely do coaches get in the mix to be an athletics director, but sometimes they do. Um, Coaches, it's even quicker. The window is extremely short and it's getting shorter due to the transfer portal. Now kids can leave with no penalty. So when there is a change in a program, you have to be sensitive to how quickly can you fill this position um, so you don't lose your entire roster. I mean, it is in a sport like basketball, you have 13 scholarships. If, if you had a coaching change and that coach went to another school that was similar and they weren't ethical, they'd be poaching your kids, trying to take them and trying to shop them. And you got to move really quick to fill that position to try to get someone to recruit them to stay. Um, Cause it's just too easy right now for kids to walk out and, and go somewhere else. I think now, um, this is coming from a guy who spent 15 years in the same job. So I'm, I'm one of those people that I make a commitment. I'm going to usually stick it out till I make the place better. So, um, but I'd say those are the, you know, timeline is much shorter candidates in basketball or in coaching searches, basketball, football, doesn't matter. Um, I, I would like 
more times than not to try to find somebody who sat in the chair, who's actually been a head coach. Sometimes you can't do that. Um, that, that, that pool is, can be pretty narrow. Um, but at the very least, in a sport like football, I really like to take a long look at coordinators, somebody who has managed people, managed position coaches, managed a larger staff. Management is a very important part of this process, and and it's we simplify it way too much. We say, oh, if you, I need an X and O guy, I need a recruiter. You need a CEO. You need somebody who can manage an organization and and football is an immense organization. Basketball is a very large enterprise with lots of different personalities and lots of egos and lots of different people coming from different cultures. You better be able to manage and manage people well. Well, one of the things I'm, I'm glad you mentioned was about program management. A lot of times when I talk to a lot of young coaches, they think it's all about X and O's. But I also tell them most important thing you're going to have to master is program management. And also you mentioned other skills that's needed. You can't just go in and be a basketball coach. You have to be administratively uh, efficient. You have to understand uh, fundraising. You have to understand public relations. You have to understand how to get along with your internal constituents as well. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about recently, I believe two years ago, you brought out a new coach in basketball, mm-hmm. men's basketball. Talk about how that process was and uh, what led you to making the decision on your current coach. Well, um, uh, the interesting part about that search, that was right at the beginning of COVID. So Alan Edwards was our coach and um, and we finished up the Mountain West tournament and we began the search for a new coach. And and literally at that time, all the other, the Mountain West tournament that year was early. And so we were finishing up as all the other tournaments were canceling. Okay. So now I'm in the process of, of, of searching for a coach in the middle of COVID and the airline industry shuts down, um, schools are closing down, um, financial models are being thrown to the side. And I truly didn't know what my financial situation was. And my board of trustees probably were in the same mindset saying, hey, Tom, we don't know our future. This is pretty scary stuff. Um, So it was, that process was difficult and slower than I would have liked in that, um, I couldn't take much risk in, in contract negotiation because at the end of the day, as the athletic director, you don't sign off on a, con- a multi-year contract at the University of Wyoming and most places. If I'm going to offer a multi-year contract, I've got to get the board of trustees to approve it. Um, and they were in panic mode. I mean, we're truly closing down the campus at the time I'm coming to them with a proposed new contract or coach. So it was an interesting time to be doing a search. But um, coach Linder was the head coach at Northern Colorado. And um, the crazy part is he had come up here on bye games at least twice. I know he beat us three times, but I'm not sure if one, one of them was a bye game, but he came up and we gave him a check and he beat us. And I got to say that resonated with me. I'm like that. A, that makes me very angry, but B, uh, I'm sure he's doing a good job. Right. Right. I'm sure. And did. I liked the way his teams played. Um, they were um, uh, very efficient offensively, um, very creative in how they could get kids in a position to be successful. Um, and uh, he had recruited regionally, grew up in Colorado, played at a Division II school in Colorado, coached 
was the head coach at Northern Colorado, coached at Boise State in the Mountain West, coached at Weber State, coaches junior colleges in Texas. He, he had a good fit, if there is such a thing for us. So that's how that process worked out, and uh, he's done an excellent job. We're 11-2 and two right now, so I'm very pleased with the work he's doing. Well, absolutely. You guys have got off to a, a great start um, following you guys, and, you know, maybe one day I get a chance to um, get out there and call some of your games, um, you know, as well. That would be about, awesome. Talk about what does athletics looks like at the University of Wyoming. Well, Daryl, athletics at, U at the University of Wyoming is 17 sports, um, and 15 of them compete in the Mountain West. Uh, men's swimming competes in the WAC, and our wrestling program competes in the Big 12. Um, but we are a we're one of the original founders, members of the Mountain West Conference. We're one of the original WAC members, one of the original Mountain West members. Um, we are a land grant university of which has value in the world of higher education we are a institution that well we are the only four-year institution in the state of wyoming with our junior community colleges but we're the only four-year institution which what does that mean a to an outsider that clearly means that we have a small population which we do we're the least populated state in the country but it also means that we are the most important sports franchise in the state not even close and um, as I tell young people and coaches, um, we may not be a power five, but we feel like a power five to the people of Wyoming. And that what I mean by that is it's really, really important to them. It's important to the media. Um, it is um, if you're going to come to the University of Wyoming and you're going to wear this, this right here, um, you're going to be on a pedestal and people are watching everything you do. And you really can't stub your toe too many times or you won't make it here because you are a star the minute you come here um, because it's all they have. And there's good and bad to that. Um, but it's a great place to come and get an education. We have a, a broad-based institution that has a lot of very good programs. Um, but we're also a very welcoming institution that will treat you well if you if you come here and you make an effort to be a student and really work at it. The faculty, the staff, the support crew will will really help you, and you'll walk out of here someday with a degree if it's if if you truly want it. And um, that's something I, I enjoy it. I enjoy the feel of this place. I enjoy the culture. Um, we pursue championships. Um, we're competitive in the Mountain West Conference, and. Uh, we're going to continue to strive to get better and better every year. Well, talk a little bit about um, doing the interview processes that you have at the University of Wyoming, whether it's both uh, for administrative as well as a coach. Talk about the do's and don'ts. Okay. Doing that interview process, some of the things you experienced, Tom. Yeah. Um, well, let's talk about, I wrote some things down. You know, if you, if you're going to go to an interview, whether you're an administrator or a coach, um, A, it's pretty simple stuff. You better be prepared. You better know something about the institution. You better know something about the athletics program. Know what you're interviewing for. Know who the decision makers are and try to determine what moves those decision makers? What are their interest points? What are their hot buttons? And you can figure that it's a lot easier today because of the internet and searching than it was 25 years ago. I mean, 25 years ago, you would have to call somebody and say, hey, I'm, I'm looking at a job in Wyoming. What do you know about 
the AD? What do you know about the faculty athletic rep? It, it was harder. It's easier today. So do your homework. Um, one of the things I think especially young people worry too much about is, um, you know, be don't over over talk. When asked a question, answer it and be concise and to the point. And if there is dead space, so somebody asks a question and you answer it and you feel good about the answer, you don't have to say anymore. You don't have to fill quiet time constantly. I think sometimes people who are being interviewed talk too much. Answer the question, be polite, ask, did I answer it fully? Yes. Let them move on to the next question. Um, and, uh, um, you know, I think obviously um, simple things like before you walk in the door, how you introduce yourself. You know, if I'm going to go into an interview room and there's a committee, my style, and I like people to do this, would be to walk around and shake hands and greet everybody in a professional manner, say hello to them, get started, um, and, uh, you know, be, if, if this is your personality, if you are approachable, be approachable. Because you want to, you don't want to fool anybody. You want you want the real Daryl or the real Tom to come out in that interview. So, I think that's important. I also simple things. You know, even if you don't get the job, send notes, send thank yous, be polite. Don't and when that when whoever calls you to tell you you didn't get the job or um, sometimes this happens and I'm not going to say it's never happened in my place. It bothers me. If you're not notified, still send a note and say, Hey, I know you guys went on and hired coach X great hire. I really respect it, but thank you for the opportunity. If there's anything I can do to improve my interview skills, I'd love to chat about it and just leave it at that. And hopefully they respond back to you in some form or fashion. But, um, you know, those are the things I would say the the do's, the don'ts, obviously, are just the opposite. Your attire is important. How you look, you get one chance to make a first impression, so you better make it. You better hit a home run. You get have have uh, make sure you're dressed appropriately. Make sure you greet people appropriately. Uh, make sure you follow up appropriately. It's all pretty simple stuff. I was a sales guy for a long time. If you're a sales guy, you get it. It's all part of the sales process. So um, those are my do's and don'ts. And, and I don't think that's changed at all in the last 25 years. Uh, no, it hasn't. And a lot of times those simplicity things that you just mentioned are very difficult for some people to understand. Those are just the details that are so important. And sometimes you can get into the initial interview and, um, you know, your parents or just knowing some information about the people that's part of the hiring process or even your elevator pitch, Tom, and you know, this can be detrimental to you if not presented correctly. Uh, before we go to commercial break, I want to talk about industry trends. You're talking about the transfer portal, um, which is very prevalent, um, particularly in Division One athletics. Talk about some of the industry trends that maybe people should be abreast of. Um, in order to get into this business and possibly create opportunities for themselves by knowing these trends? Well, I would say a couple things, a coach or an administrator, but it's especially an administrator, but a coach better understand the new legislation as it relates to NIL transfer portal, the new constitution, how the NCA is redefining itself. Um, if I'm a basketball coach, I'm going to want to understand everything I can about 
the NCAA tournament selection process. I'd like to understand what's going on in the world of women's basketball right now, because as we all know, we have a gender equity issue in the women's championship, which is going to cause changes for the women's game. Is there impact on the men's game? If I'm a woman's coach, I'd want to know the details of that. If I'm a men's coach, I'd also want to understand it just so I understand it. Um, I think it's important if you're in this industry to know what's going on around you. And there is never in our lifetimes been a time of more change than 2021, 2022. And it's going to stay that way for a while. You look at conference alignment, you look at NLI transfer portal, transfer portal at Wyoming right now is, is, is a key issue. We, I just spent two hours with our football coach. We have a whole bunch of kids who are leaving and transferring somewhere else. And we have a very healthy program. We have a very good program, but um, when you're at the Mountain West level and your your program is a developmental program, you're pretty good. You've put a lot of guys in the NFL with, I think, 15 guys on NFL rosters right now. Um, and I'm not accusing anyone of tampering, but I'm saying that the Power Five's job is a lot easier. They don't have to recruit high school kids. Yeah, and that's becoming the trend. The transfer portal, you know, even on the – basketball side a lot of the coaches now that are friends of mine and um they don't even look to recruit freshmen which unfortunately hurts the high school seniors now in yep. terms of getting opportunities to play at the next level as well tom let's take a commercial break and we'll be right back here on the right fit i'm your host Donald. the right fit podcast is brought to you by rising coaches search and consulting Tired of spending what seems like all of your time and budget filling coaching vacancies? Let Rising Coaches Search and Consulting handle your next coaching search. Our process is simple. We identify, vet, and recruit a talented and diverse group of professionals that fits your institution's profile. All for a low price that we guarantee will beat our competitions. Plus, all of your searches will be handled by former coaches, meaning we will get the best possible insight on all of your candidates and you'll get the perspective that only a former coach could provide for testimonials, a full client list, or more information, please visit risingcoaches.com. Welcome back to the right fit podcast. I'm your host, Daryl Jacobs. I'm here today with the director of athletics at the university of Wyoming, Tom Berman, and we're discussing the hiring process or being the right fit in collegiate athletics. Tom, talk about how should someone navigate in this business if they're trying to get into this, whether it's a coach or administrator. I know such things as NACTA, you know, such things as the Final Four for coaches. Talk about some of the things they can do outside of possibly those things to navigate themselves or get themselves in the position to be considered uh, for a position in collegiate athletics. Well, it, it's pretty, it's, it's hard, it's complicated, but it isn't. Experience, contacts. And when I mean contacts, not just knowing who people are. You got you need relationships. So how do you build those relationships? Um, I tell people all the time, young people that are just exploring this business, whether they're coaches or they want to be in athletic administration. Um, if you're coming out of college, then it, that is the time to do it. You don't have any, you shouldn't have a lot of debt. Um, you shouldn't be in a situation where you've got children or a lifestyle. Hopefully, if you do, it's going to be hard because it is hard to get in here to get your first job. 
you're not going to make much money. You're going to have to do an internship for next to nothing. You're going to have to go get a master's degree, most likely. And there'll be a, there may be a GA stipend. There may not be, but you're going to need experience. If you're an aspiring coach, if you want to be a football coach, well, you know what? If you weren't a player, um, if you were a player, you got a leg up. You might be able to go and move into a volunteer position, uh, a quality control position. You might be able to be a GA. But if you're not an ex-player from a program, um, you're probably going to have to volunteer until they know you, until they trust you, um, until they realize you can help them. Because what at the end of the day, what's this all about? Helping the decision maker improve their position in life. That's the reality of the situation nine times out of 10. So um, you got to get experience and you got to build relationships. Those relationships got to be about trust. And um, that takes a little work. If you're 27, 28, I get this question a lot. And you're a sales guy for Verizon and you want to get into athletics and I just tell you the truth. It's going to be a, probably an enormous pay cut. You're going to work probably 70 hours a week versus 40 or 50. Um, and you're, I'm not sure you're going to be able to get that job. But if you want to bad enough, you probably got to go be a GA or a volunteer. And that's hard for some people to do. But that's reality. It's not, it's, Entry-level jobs, even in Laramie, Wyoming, we have a entry-level director of marketing position open, let's say. I would bet you, even in this market we, where there's almost no unemployment, we would have 100 applicants for that job. And some of them would be way overqualified. I mean, many, many of them would be way overqualified. And we're going to pay that job 36, 37,000 a year. So it's hard. Um, Tom, but, Tom, let me let me let me interrupt you. Yeah. Talking about Laramie, Wyoming, with a University of Wyoming. What makes someone, particularly in your case, the right fit for Wyoming? Because you talk about being overqualified. Sometimes people can have the qualification, but not necessarily be the right fit. Right. Let's talk yeah. about that. Well, um, you know, one is you want to try to limit at most schools group of five and even power five entry level positions are going to turn over frequently, whether it's in sports med or strength and conditioning or in marketing or development, they're going to, they're going to rotate fairly quickly. What you don't want is one that rotates in six, nine months or a year. You want to, cause you, you're, you're learning, you're training, you're developing probably for six to nine months before they're actually producing for you, for the institution. So you need them to be able to be there for a while. And so you got to figure out, can this person live here? Will they be happy here? Or are they just trying to get experience and then bounce? That's a hard thing to know. It's really tough. Um, and sometimes I've been way wrong. I've hired people who I thought would last for a year or two, and they've lasted for many years. Um, I've also hired people who I thought would be a great fit, and three months later they quit. So it is hard to know. But, um, you know, it's, it's sort of like recruiting a little bit. Um, our retention in, in athletics for all of our sports is better when we recruit kids who are more comfortable in cold weather environments and maybe more a little bit more rural than urban. Um, when you're in one of the smallest markets in the country, that's not for everybody. Um, and same with hiring staff. I got to take a good look at where, where their background, where they've been. Um, but more than anything, it's a gut feel when I meet them. 
when we meet them, do we do we click? Is there a relationship there? Do I think they would fit with our staff? If the answer is yes, roll the dice and give them the best experience you can. Let's talk about change. One of the words that really scares people is change. You know, I'm the type of person that look at change as a new opportunity, something that's positive. Some people look at change as a deprimate. Let's talk about changes in the industry that you're seeing now. And what are some of the things that maybe somebody that's coming in on the administrative side needs to know about these changes? We, we talked about NLI is one of those changes as well. And the transfer portal as well. If you want to elaborate on both of those, great. But there's some other changes that you may know that someone may can see an opportunity for themselves coming into the collegiate athletic space. Well, let's talk about change in general. I try to, uh, Daryl, embrace change, but I, I also am realistic enough to know that um, there are certain things I don't like to see change. Um, I am not the most enthusiastic transfer portal guy in the world, but as I've told our coaching staff, it's never going backwards. So we got to embrace it. We got to understand that it's here to stay and we have to embrace it and figure out how to manage it to the best of our ability and not let it manage us. So that I, I try my best to embrace change. Um, but as far as industry trends that are occurring, you know, let's take um, in, in recent years, there's been a real strong movement towards the, the student athlete wellness, which not, which includes strength and conditioning, but it also includes nutrition. It includes mental health. It includes sports psychology. Um, and you're going to see that trend continue to grow, I believe. And I think you're going to see better and better services for young people within athletics programs. And so if I was a young aspiring uh, student, I would take a long look at areas that, you know, mental health. Could I, could I get a, a degree in psychology counseling and parlay that into an, an entry-level experience in college athletics? The answer is probably yes. Sports psychology, uh, nutrition. I mean, we have two nutritionist FTEs in our athletics program. We didn't have any five years ago. And my guess is we're going to have three sooner than later. And um, I think that's a burgeoning opportunity for young people to get into. And because and, we are, um, we, A, we care about young people. I do. But we also, they're an investment. We got to make sure that all the training and development we're doing for them is, is actually being productive. And part of the issue in the past had been they weren't putting the right stuff in their body and they weren't getting the proper sleep rest and they weren't getting the proper hydration. And so all that work and training was not as effective as it could have been. And I think that's really important to um, hone in on because that's the future of college athletics, I think. One of the, one of the, one of the important points. Well, Tom, thank you for taking the time this afternoon to out your busy schedule. I know we are on a two-hour differential uh, between East Coast and, and the Midwest. But, you know, my last question, I always do this with all the guests. It's called Word Association. And often when I first saw this, Richard Pryor was on the Tonight Show with Chubby Chase, and they did Word Association. And as a kid, I thought it was hilarious as well. So I'm going to ask you four things. You just say the first thing that comes to your mind. Uh oh, this could be dangerous, Daryl. <laughs> I don't think so. Portland State University. Um, 
what came to my mind was experience. And what I mean by that is at Portland State, we didn't have a, when I got there, uh, the university didn't have a fight song. It didn't really embrace its colors. It didn't have a marching band. It didn't have, so it was an unbelievable experience to try to help create all that and, and pull people together. And, and it's, it's evolved. It is a great place with a burgeoning athletics program. And if they just, if they let it be, I think they could really be successful there. So it's a great experience. I loved it. I would never do anything different as far as people have said, did you, was it a good choice to go work at Portland state? No brainer. Family. Uh, pop, my two boys popped into my brain as soon as you said that. I have two sons, and I love them to death, and they're just uh, – one's an engineer, one's going to graduate in May with a degree in finance, and I'm just very proud of them. Collegiate athletics. Transition, change. And finally, the University of Wyoming. Pride. A very <laughs> prideful place um, and uh, a place that I care a lot about. Um, deeply in my heart. I'm one of the most competitive people in the world. And I want it, I want us to get, we're close. We could really get this thing going special if we could just get over the hump. Well, Tom, thank you for joining us this afternoon. I want to thank you for the hospitality you extended to me when I had a chance to visit your wonderful university and out there in Wyoming. Laramie is a great place, great fans, uh, great staff you have there. And um, I, I wish you guys all the best. I want to thank all the listeners and viewers for watching this afternoon as well. Join me next Friday for another great guest in this decision-making process, both in collegiate athletics and the world of sports. I'm Daryl Jacobs, your host. Until then, please stay healthy, stay safe, and Happy New Year.